Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. It had been a long day, and Jacob was looking forward to going to bed. Well, as much as you could call it a bed, I mean, it was a bunch of woolen blankets put on the ground, one under him to keep the rough terrain from impeding his sleep, and one tucked over him to keep him somewhat warm. Elijah, his co-worker, was already asleep, and so was Joshua. It was only him, Jacob, awake at this point. But he was about to nudge Joshua to wake him up so he could take over the watch of the sheep. See, Jacob was a shepherd, and he was out in the field with his sheep, watching, constantly watching for those predators who would be after his sheep. Wolves, coyotes, wild dogs. There were a lot of predators who wouldn't mind snacking on a nice sheep. And then there were those sheep thieves who also wouldn't mind helping themselves to someone else's sheep. Jacob and the rest of the shepherds were out here making sure their flock was safe. And the shepherds had collected them all in a pen, and Jacob, Joshua, and Elijah were fast asleep. And Elijah and Joshua were sleeping in front of the entrance, so no animal was going to make it through that snoring line of defense, thought Jacob to himself. It was dark, and it had been hard for Jacob to keep awake at times during his watch, but he had managed it. He thinks there might be a pack of something over there in the field to the east, and he'd have to remind Joshua to keep an eye out for anything suspicious, especially coming from that direction. But he had decided to let Joshua and Elijah sleep a little longer because it was a beautiful night. He could see the stars for miles around and the sky was beautiful. Plus, it was a lovely summer evening and he was so thankful that Simon had allowed them into his field. See, Simon, the farmer, had had a good harvest and Well, the harvest ended around June, and now he needed some animals to come in and eat the stubby stalks of the weed or whatever he had planted to clean out the field. And so he hired Joshua and Jacob and Elijah to bring their sheep in to basically clean out this field until planting sometime in November. So, like I said, in between, he allowed these shepherds that come in with their sheep into their fields and just to let them graze. So it was probably 
late August or early September, and to Jacob, it was a great time to sleep outside. I mean, it wasn't scorching hot like the middle of the summer, and instead there was a balmy breeze that maybe meant he wouldn't need that top blanket. Maybe not tonight. Jacob shook his head. Yeah, oh, it was hard to stay awake being about three in the morning or so. Enough of the beautiful night sky. It was oh, It was time to, to wake up Joshua. It was time for him to take his turn keeping the watch. Jacob was about to wake up Joshua, bending over to give his buddy a nudge when it happened. Not just any it. This was a life-changing it, a moment Jacob would define the course of his life by. There was life before it happened, and then there was life after it happened, and nothing would ever be the same. It began with Jacob waking up Joshua, crouching down, like I said, to wake up his friend, and Joshua grudgingly waking up, and then... Jacob noticed two feet standing next to him. There were his feet. There were the feet of his friend Joshua still stretched out on the mat. And then there were these feet, and they didn't belong to Elijah. That shouldn't be. Whose feet were these? Jacob slowly looked up from his crouching position. And there... Before him stood a man? Jacob slowly rose to his feet. Joshua wasn't far behind him, having grabbed a slingshot just in case, and Joshua kicked Elijah to wake him up as well, and all three men stood. They crouched, and they they were slowly waking up and, and becoming aware of the fact that this man was standing before them. Jacob was about to start asking this man some questions. Who was he? What was his name? How did he sneak up on them so well? When the first amazing thing happened, this man began to slowly glow. It was a slow glow around him, but then that glow got brighter and brighter, and then it, it began to work itself further and further out from this man until a shining light filled the whole field with this dude at the center of it. Elijah was the first to scream. <laughs> now, we know men shouldn't scream, so Elijah likes to say he yelled, but no, it was a scream. And Joshua also let out a cry, and Jacob just began to cry. I mean, this was scary stuff. This was incredibly frightening. A man, who clearly is no normal man, just shows up and begins to shine like fire in front of them. I mean, it was so bright it made three or four in the morning look like three or four in the afternoon. This this was a supernatural being. It had to have been. All three men were huddled on the ground together, afraid to move. Their heads were probably bowed with their faces stuck into the ground in front of them. Well, when I imagined this angelic supernatural being told them to stand up, to look up, and so Jacob, being the most awake, stood up first, followed by Joshua, and then followed by screaming Elijah, ah! 
You know, I, I imagine the angelic being then smiled. He wanted them to calm down. And then he said these immortal words. Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. The men stood there in bewilderment. Good news? Great joy? The Messiah born here today? Th this very morning? I imagine Jacob, Joshua, and Elijah looked at each other and, and rehearsed what this amazing being had just told them. The Messiah born today, and we will know who the Messiah is because he is a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And then the second amazing part of this it happened. Suddenly, other men began to appear, more beautiful, shining, on fire beings popping up all over the field, each one a glowing, beautiful manifestation of the purest light they had ever seen. Hundreds, then thousands, then, then the shepherds lost count, a massive multitude of angel after angel. And then they all began to speak glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Luke 2 verse 14. What would you do in response to all of this news? I imagine they all began to cheer except Elijah who was still screaming for most of it. But then even he began to cheer and rejoice. The, the, the Messiah is born. The Messiah is born. Yes, this was good news. There is nothing to fear. The Messiah, the Messiah is born. And then the third and final amazing part of the it happened. They all began to fly away. First one shot up into the sky, followed by another, and then another, and finally, the original angel who started it all, he looked up and whoosh, shot up into the sky. And as soon as they had come, they were all gone. The poor sheep slowly began to again, you know, a little fearful about what they just saw. And the wolves and coyotes decided to stay in their dens or behind their bushes, still afraid to move. But, but these three shepherds, and there might have been more, the Bible doesn't say, but I'm going with three, and I don't know if their names are Jacob, Joshua, or Elijah. All the Bible says is they were shepherds. But these shepherds, we do know from the Bible that these shepherds, They'd just been given the biggest news of all. And they'd been given it in the most majestic way possible by supernatural angelic beings. I imagine they were awestruck. They were probably still huddled together holding each other when Elijah was the first to speak. Should, should, should we go tell someone? Shouldn't we, we be searching for the Messiah? 
They let each other go and realized, yes, we shouldn't be standing here in fear. Fear not. That's what the angels said. No, we need to go find the Messiah. So the shepherds decide amongst themselves, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Luke 2, verse 15. Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they made sure their sheep were safely in their pen. The morning was probably beginning to break anyway, so their sheep would be safe. And they ran as fast as they could straight for Bethlehem. Well, most of them ran. You know, Elijah has that asthma thing, so he's got to walk briskly. But but the rest of them, and even Elijah in the end, you know, I can imagine, they all ran because they have to find this Messiah. They have to find the new king. Now, the angel had said they were to find a baby wrapped in, in tightly in cloths and lying in a manger. All right, let's start looking. Should we should we split up? Yeah, 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 let's do that. J just blow your shofar when you find the Messiah. Shofar is like, you know, made out of a ram's horn. and It's like a trumpet. So they probably each had one to scare off animals. And so I imagine they split up and went from house to house looking in people's mangers for a baby. Now, a manger is essentially a room at the end of the house where people in Jesus' time would keep their animals for the night. And then they would let them out in the morning and then they'd bring them back in at night. It was usually a lower door and area at the end of a house. Now, it would have been unusual to have a baby in a manger. Most commonly, the baby would have been born in the guest room at the front of the house or the inn, as it is talked about in the Bible. That's where a baby should be born. So, guess what? That would have been a sign, a baby in an area designated for animals. And then I think it also, remember the angel said, it's a sign that this baby will be wrapped in cloths. In my old version, King James says swaddling cloths. Now, this would have been interesting for the shepherds, right? Because that is what they wrapped the baby lambs in. When a little baby lamb was born, they would wrap it tightly in cloths. And that's why they probably had some in a manger. So, hey, if a lamb happens to come along, we got some swaddling cloths here. Let's swaddle that lamb up, keep it nice and warm and tight. Well, guess what? For shepherds, that would have been amazing to see wrapped around a baby. Wrapped around a baby. Keeping that baby nice and warm and tight. So those two signs in a manger, which would have been an odd sight, and a baby wrapped in stuff meant probably to wrap lambs in. That would have been a little bit of an odd sight too. But the angel said both of those were signs that if you find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, that's the Messiah. So these shepherds went from house to house looking for this odd sight. And then, you know, I imagine Elijah was the first to discover it. You know, they, they go around knocking on doors and knocking on doors and knocking on doors. You know, they go to the first manger. Nope, nope, nothing there. And Joshua goes to another. Nope, nope, just animals. You know, Jacob goes to one, knocks on the door. And oh, oh, hey, what? There is a family here. And oh, yeah, nope. 
no baby, not, not in this manger. And they go from house to house, and then I imagine Elijah knocks on the door, and he opens it, and there he sees it. There it was, a baby, wrapped tightly in swaddling cloths. And he's in a manger. I can imagine Elijah fumbles for his horn. And then he gives a short blast. Six in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning. I don't know. That would have been significant. The shepherds would have heard that. And that other shepherds would have come running. And they would have come to this manger door and peered in. And there it was. The baby the angels had told them about. These shepherds probably came in and fell to their knees asking to see the baby. And, and I can imagine Joseph, being a protective father, probably told them to back off. But, but, but they insisted and then they told Joseph and Mary their amazing story. Angels, the whole sky on fire. The head angel on fire himself. Then they all sing about the glory of God to us. And they tell us about the glory of God. Their announcement of the Messiah. This baby is the Messiah. You know, the shepherds tell them all this. And I'm sure Joseph's extended family come, probably came rushing into the manger to hear this story and wondering what in the world was all this commotion about. And I can imagine Joseph sits down overcome with amazement, maybe relief. That wasn't a strange dream I had. No, this is the Messiah. This is another confirmation, another announcement. This baby's the Messiah. The Bible says in Luke 2, verse 19, that another sign and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. That's what Luke 2 verse 18 says. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But then verse 19 says this, But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. I think like a new mother, she was just excited to hold the little baby. She was just excited to hold her little baby Jesus. And after an exhausting birth, she probably didn't have the strength to talk. And to be overrun with people and guests and confusion and talking and excitement and stories about angels. And she had so many questions, but she was tired. And so the Bible says she treasured every moment, treasured it all up thought about it, meditated on it. The baby she's holding is the Messiah. Now, I bet these shepherds wanted to stay and revel in the moment. But they couldn't. They had to get back to work. Those stupid sheep. The shepherds had to protect those smelly, noisy sheep. I bet they wish they could have stayed and stared longer at the Messiah and stayed in this moment. But instead, they got up, they said their goodbyes. 
And it says in Luke 2, verse 20, that the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Yes, they're walking back, talking about, did you see the little baby? How did you handle it, Elijah, when you saw that angel? Oh, yeah, you were screaming like a little girl. No, I wasn't. I I was excited. It was a cheer. No, that sounded like a scream to me. But uh, can you imagine? We all saw angels, and they started high-fiving each other. We all saw angels, weren't they Big and majestic. Oh, man, they were cool. And the other thing is they looked like an army. They just started showing up, and they're all there watching us the whole time. That's amazing. And they're all there for this king, this baby, this Messiah. And they're all talking back and forth, glorifying God. Isn't it great that he revealed himself to us? Isn't that great that he told us about about the Messiah arriving? And they're just so excited, and they've got to go back to the daily life of work but I think they went back changed men their lives would forever be different and in the end I hope that's true about the Christmas story for you too I hope the story that a baby came to earth And that baby was God Almighty, and his name is Jesus. And he is all man and all God. And he was born on Christmas Day. Well, we celebrate it on Christmas Day, but it reminds us of the spiritual fact that a Messiah has come, and this Messiah says to all the world, I offer you the free gift of salvation. Will you accept it? The Bible says, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you put your believing faith, your believing loyalty in Jesus and no other God and say, No, Jesus, you are my God, and I put my faith and trust in you, that what you say about yourself is true in the Bible, and that you've gone back, you rose from the dead, you died on the cross, taking my sin and my shame upon your shoulders. You died a sacrificial death. You paid the penalty for my sin. But then you rose again, proving you're God. You defeated sin. And now you are at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And someday you are coming back as king. And if I believe that, and if I put my faith in believing loyalty and trust in Jesus, in Jesus alone to save me, not my good works, not my intelligence, not the good things I've done. I just simply put my faith in Jesus and say, you know what, I throw myself at your feet. Please save me. I encourage you, if, you, if you've never asked Jesus to save you, I'd encourage you to do that now. But these shepherds were followers of the Messiah. They must have been. And at the end of this, you know, they, these angels came to, to the shepherds to announce, your Messiah is here. That one you've been looking for is here. And now they go back, as it says, glorifying and praising God. They go back, changed men. They go back to the mundane drag of life. Taking care of sheep. Smelly, noisy sheep. 
walking through fields all day, all night, shearing sheep, you know, slaughtering sheep for food later on, taking sheep up to the Jerusalem to be used during Passover, you know, all the, and then they had to deal with the, their, their wives and their kids and all just, and how am I going to pay for my bills? And the Romans were oppressing us. None of that was taken away. Life continues on. But I hope they were changed men. I know they were changed men because they had seen the Messiah. And I hope the Christmas story every year reminds if you're a believer, if you know the Lord is your Savior, Christmas should remind you, I need to be different. I need to let this supernatural, wonderful story, the hope, of the Christmas story invade my everyday work life. I need to be the happiest guy and girl at work, the happiest guy and girl at school. I need to live a changed life. I need to make this supernatural event. I need to make this Jesus the center of my life, and that reality should change my daily life. When life gets down, and it will, I can still live with hope. When things get discouraging, and they will, guess what? I can still look up and remind myself I have hope. I have a returning king. I know I have Jesus as my savior, and he's a returning groom who's going to come for his bride, the church. And I'm part of that. And I've got a future home, and no matter what happens down here, I can live with hope. And I think that's what these shepherds left with. Hope in a future Messiah who they got to meet. And one day he is going to save them all from their sins. And I hope the shepherd's story does that for you. And I hope that Jesus has done that for you. He's changed your life. And I pray the Christmas story reminds you every year, because of that event, I need to be different. I need to let the salvation of my Lord impact the way I live. May that be true for you this year. Wherever you listen to this, whether it's at Christmas time, whether you're listening to the story in the middle of the summer, may the Christmas story give you hope to live for Jesus today. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.